It's time now for Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is underwritten by the Knights of Columbus, Council 6923, and Fishers, and is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. If you have any comments or suggestions for this program, please contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org. Or call 317-870-8400. Now, here's today's edition of Faith in Action. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the many blessings of our life, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which helps us to know, love, and serve the mission of your Church in the person of Jesus Christ, his way, his truth, and his life. Help us to always be faithful to proclaiming the Gospel, living it in word and in deed, for the salvation of all of the world. We ask all of these things through the intercession of our Blessed Virgin Mother Mary as we invoke her intercession on our conversation today and as we also seek the intercession of St. Paul, the great evangelizer, and St. Joseph, whom we celebrate this year as the loving Father of Jesus Christ. We pray all of this in the power of the Holy Spirit, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is Faith in Action. That was Father Ted Tosinski leading us in prayer. And we need to start all things in prayer. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about today. I'm Kent Blanford. In studio with me is Bridget Ayer. Hello, Kent. Hello, And you've already heard a little bit from Father. And uh, Bridget, what are we talking about today? Well, in a modern world, we as Catholics need to always reassess how we are doing business, I guess, evangelizing and reaching out to bring Christ's love to others. And this is where the new pastoral plan, Uniting in Heart, comes in. And we're here talking, going to talk about this topic with Father Ted Dzinski. He is the Vicar General of the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana, and Gabby Lavik, who is the Communications Director. Uh, welcome to Thanksgiving. Welcome to Faith in Action, and thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, it was so beautiful that we started out in prayer. We don't usually do that uh, in Faith in Action on the air. We typically pray beforehand, but it was nice to have that prayer um, starting out. Uh, and I'm guessing that might be part of the mission of uh, Uniting in Heart. Is that true, Father Ted? That is very true. Uniting in Heart means to unite in the heart of Jesus Christ and, and all things so that God's will might be known and lived through our lives. And I think it's really easy, you know, as you've been in ministry a long time, Kent and I have been in ministry a long time, Gabby, I'm sure you have as well, and it's just kind of easy to kind of get going through the motions and forgetting what what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, kind of this whole focus of uniting at heart is to kind of bring us back to that. Our, what, what's, our, what's our real mission as the Church, as people of God? That is true. The idea of uniting in heart comes from our popes, from really Pope Paul VI, in his encyclical on evangelization through Pope Francis, and the idea of pastoral conversion, getting back to the basics and looking at how, how we're organized 
and are we organized so much in a structure that doesn't allow us to really continually renew our commitments and relationship and understand how God loves us so deeply and to share that love for the life of the world. So um, talk a little bit about the vision and how it's being implemented. So the, the, the whole plan of Uniting in Heart, we started talking about years ago, um, and we began actually right around Easter of 2019 to, within our diocesan newspaper, kind of sharing this idea of pastoral conversion that Father Ted alluded to and how we needed to make some changes within our diocese in order to kind of keep that vitality and vibrancy going. And so, um, you know, we began by sharing information about what we were looking to do. We held several feedback sessions with both clergy and laity um, throughout the course of that summer. And we then rolled out a draft plan um, that was based on all of that feedback that we had kind of collected. Um, and we also we allowed another opportunity for feedback after that initial rollout in um, June and July of 2019. Um, and we were able to really, you know, take into consideration things that maybe we hadn't thought about um, as a team. And, and from there, we were able to make a few other modifications to the plan which we then rolled out officially in October of that year. Um, while we were doing that, um, internally, Bishop Doherty was working um, to work on a new set of deans for the three new deaneries that were developed as a part of Uniting in Heart, as well as the implementation of a new clergy personnel advisory committee that replaced an existing priestly personnel board and that was only made up of clergy. Um, and this new clergy personnel advisory committee now contains laity um, and staff so that we can have a broader perspective of how um, we are assigning our priests and our deacons across the diocese. Um, as a part of that new formed committee, we also reformulated um, job descriptions for our pastors, looking at missionary pastors and what that means. Um, to be able to fulfill that role as a shepherd for our pastorates, um, as well as a new parochial vicar and senior par parochial vicar job descriptions as well. So over the course of, of many months, this committee met um, and discussed the gifts and talents of each of our clergy members. They also had an opportunity to provide a survey that had, um, you know, outlined things that they feel comfortable doing, things that excite them in their ministry, and we, we really tried to make that a collaborative, prayerful experience um, to, in order to determine and discern where the pastors made the best fit mm -hmm. as we had these new formed pastorates. Because, um, you know, maybe someone had been a pastor before, but now within a pastorate that contains three parishes, his gifts and talents weren't going to be the best fit for all three of those parishes. So from there, we announced those assignments. Um, and, of course, that's right around when COVID-19 hit, and so some things were paused just a little bit um, around that time. But we still moved forward with this overarching, you know, idea and goal behind what Uniting in Heart meant for us. Um, and from there, our pastorate consultants came on board who are really there to be a, a 
the glue that kind of helps connect the diocese to these pastorates as they form their new leadership teams, as they go through formation and training of how to lead and guide the pastorates and to really help them understand what does uniting in heart mean for their particular pastorate. You know, what's really interesting about what you're sharing in terms of, you know, matching up the gifts and talents with the various roles that you want people to play in, you know, in our local church. I'm just almost thinking about, you know, how Christ renews, you have that whole discernment period of prayer. And then, you know, you get the one person that ends up being the spiritual director and the one person that, you know, does the community talk or whatever. It's almost like you're doing a, um, you know, that kind of a roll out for lack of a better a Christ renews for the for the for the whole diocese would you is that a fair statement father ted it is a good analogy i've never thought about that until you just said that but in, in fact we wanted to allow for the holy spirit to work in to figure out gifts and talents so that yes so that the different elements of our faith life as lived in in church could be lived out that way certainly it's really amazing when you let the holy spirit like do the work how well things turn out it's just uh, it's kind of miraculous you know it's kind of like we need to we need to lean on the big guy more you know that's right it's an amazing um i always say it's like a roller coaster ride it's amazing <laughs> where you're gonna go you don't quite know where the next turn or the next quick dip is but it happens but he normally puts a good smile on your face you know so that's that's a and and the hands up too. We'll, we'll we'll allude to our charismatics out there. We might have a few. So right. so let me ask you. I think <laughs> Kent's cracking up at me. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> we got to go there. Sometimes we got to be fun here. Okay. But you know, Jesus wants us to have fun. There's no doubt about that. Amen. I think I think I'm on. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, the planning and the implementing in terms of achieving the goals. Are we? Um, where are you at with that? Or have we already covered that part? You know, we I. I would say that we are well down the road now. What everybody needs to remember is we call this a pastoral plan uniting in heart 2030. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're doing the heavy lifting in the beginning, which means that we're trying to reevaluate our structures and our strategies. So, you know, the diocese in 2019 looked at, parishes that were losing members in rural areas, and, and we were losing the number of clergy we had. That's structure. We just dealt with structure. Here, as a part of pastoral conversion, we're looking at how do we look at our structures and bring them together the best that we can, and how do we engage all of the baptized to truly be missionary in spirit? And that's really what all of our our popes have written about over the years, is each one of us is called in some way to proclaim to proclaim our faith and make it attractive and appealing and, and well-lived. So we are well down the road, I think, as Gabby mentioned, in the implementation part of this, um, living into our three pillars of mission, community, and witness. And, and for you, I'm sure that you've noticed in Pillar 3, witness that faith in action is one of the one of the elements of that. So hopefully, ironically, you all like this too. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let me ask you this. Um, how did how did all this come about? And maybe Gabby did touch on that a little bit. Um, at some point, you know, the bishop or maybe just you as up there at the diocese kind of had a sense that we needed to do something to kind of make our church um, more vibrant, more sustainable, whether that with everybody, you know, just making sure we have priests, making sure we have parishes that are welcoming um, do you want to talk a little bit about how that came about or when that was kind of realized that we need to do something? Right. So, you know, it, it goes back to the Holy Spirit again. And in 2014, the bishop felt like we needed to look at how we were organized as diocesan offices and and what could make our parishes, our parishes more relevant, I would say. So we... we met with a group called the Reed Group, and we did, they did a survey of all of our pastors and all of our diocesan office people, and they did a survey of people in the pews. But the survey of our pastors and diocesan staff looked at how are we organized and are we really here to serve them as pastors and parishes? And and then we did this broader survey, and we came up with the idea of uniting at heart, but we came up with elements of things like hospitality. When you come into our churches, are we warm and welcoming, or do we just let you walk through the doors and, and walk out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so hospitality was a big area. Elements of our faith came up, and so we put together just a basic plan that we wanted parishes to look at with their pastoral councils. But then after that, we also realized that we needed to spend a little bit more time with our parishes. So we went out to every one of our parishes, a group of four to five of our diocesan staff, and we met with them. And what we, what we came away with was they wanted real change. They, they gave us everything about how they liked what their pastor did to, but they felt like he wasn't doing some places. There was nothing offered except for mass, mm. um, and and so we we just kind of went around and we got a feel for all of that, and then we engaged this group called Leadership Roundtable that actually took us deeper in our staff development, and through them we came to know of a group called Partners Edge, and what Partners Edge offered to the whole process was they could give us demographic and statistical data that we we could not have. So areas of our diocese that were growing in areas of the Hispanics, for instance, Mm -hmm. or were not growing, or areas of our diocese that we didn't even imagine that had lots of young families coming into play. Um, And and we knew in Hamilton and Boone County, that part of the diocese, we had a lot of people. But the real question for all of us here was, are we really evangelizing people? We have numbers, but are we really touching people like we need to? Um, and we we realized that we we're losing lots of people. They're confirmed and they don't come back to the church, or other things become relevant in their life. So Partners Edge was able to help us take that demographic study and statistics and data, and our ideas as we we talk to people and help us formulate a plan. Um, so it, the plan really goes back to 2014, and it took on momentum after we met with all of the priests 
in in late 2018, and we we asked them to help us dream about what they saw as as possibilities and what they saw as successes. We put all that together, and then we met with Partners Edge, and we we developed a plan, and we we consulted with all those different groups, as Gabby said. So there's been a lot of, of hard work, I would say. I would say so, too. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about my favorite topic, which is evangelization. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. Across America, there are quiet heroes changing lives every day. When disaster strikes, they lend support. They give hope to those in need, warmth to the cold, and help to those society ignores. Over the past decade, they have given more than $1.5 billion and 700 million hours to charity. When it comes to making a difference, the Knights of Columbus are on the front lines. Become a Knight and be the difference. Learn more at kofc.org. It's such an encouragement and enriching to my own Christian walk. It brings me a great deal of peace and kept me grounded when I felt like everything else was falling apart. I really am blessed whenever I listen. Catholic Radio Indy. Just a reminder that Catholic Radio is listener supported. If you are one of our family of donors, thank you very much. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Kent Blantford and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guest, Vicar General of the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana, Father Ted Dzinski, and the Communications Director, Gabby Lavik. Um, okay, we're talking about uniting in heart, and uh, Gabby, I want to ask you, I know that there are some pillars that are outlined in the plan. Could you discuss those briefly? Sure, yeah. So the, the whole foundation of Uniting in Heart is built upon our three pillars of mission, community, and witness, um, which is a shared commitment across the entire diocese of how we can really live out um, Uniting in Heart within our pastorates. And so, you know, all of these pillars are built upon our relationship with Jesus Christ and His Church, um, and in our relationship with Him in prayer, in adoration, um, in our universal call to holiness. And so, really, as we look through the key components of each of these three pillars here, it, it kind of explains the different ways that we hope to see Uniting in Heart working within each one of our parishes and the ways our parishioners can live out their faith to bring vitality and vibrancy to their communities. Um, so, <clears throat> As a part of that process, we actually worked on uh, creating a 45-page pastorate guide that focuses on these three different pillars. We rolled this out in December of 2020. Our pastorate consultants are using it kind of as a roadmap to walk each of our pastorates through what Uniting in Heart looks like within each of their parishes. Um, and so we know that you know, in a rural community, it's probably going to look a little bit differently than in uh, a larger Hamilton County pastorate. And so the goals of this particular guide is really to try to help um, our, pa our missionary pastors and their leadership teams think through how each of the pillars might come to life um, in each of their particular pastorates. And it kind of acts as as just a way to consider different ideas um, and kind of set that foundation of how they might be able to to live and breathe uniting in heart in each of their areas. Um, and each, excuse me, each of the different sections kind of have different department leaders within the chancery office that can help them move that forward. 
Um, and I and I believe our director of evangelization will be talking to you in a little more detail about some of those things specifically, maybe in the next few weeks. But we're really proud of this document and feel like it's it's a really great way for our pastorates to be able to understand how those three pillars will come to life within their pastorate. And Gabby, how do they get a copy of that if they want to look it over uh, over it? by themselves. I know you've had it published a lot in the Catholic moment over the past few months and years. Where can they get a copy yes. of it? Yes. Yeah, so our, on our website at dol-in.org backslash UIH, you can find um, all of the resources that are associated with Uniting in Heart, including all of the Catholic moment articles that have been published, including documents that are related to the plan, as well as the bulletin announcements that go out every other week to our pastorates, everything um, that is related to UIH that we have released out so far is available at that website. We have about six minutes left, and I want to get to uh, my favorite topic of evangelization. Father Ted, uh, I know that the Uniting in Heart, really this plan is about evangelization. Um, why is that so important right now? So evangelization is tremendously important because we have, we've entered into an area which we term, the church terms really, as a post-Christian era. And so Christ is not the center of, of what we do, and, in, and even in American principles were built really on the Christian idea and how that's lived. So for us, we recognize that we're competing with technology, we're competing with, competing with all kinds of extracurricular activities. They're, they're all things that in and of themselves aren't bad, but if not mediated by a discerning spirit, we found that families can become literally decimated. And so what we, what we have found, and you will hear this from Rob Hartley, our Director of Evangelization, Family Life, and Pastoral Ministries Director, you will find that that he and his team are mapping out how do we build the domestic church first? Because evangelization and that personal encounter with Christ is always going to be found in a family setting. And, and so how a family prays and encounters their faith is going to be how somebody walks out of that family and is able to take that into the next steps of their life, really. So our focus in evangelization is going to be, first and foremost, with family. We're also looking at, so how do family praise together? Um, the great saying of Father Peyton, family that prays together stays together, right? Um, and, and we feel like that is in jeopardy, family life is, how how they learn about that faith. We also are promoting what our Holy Father writes about a lot, missionary discipleship. A missionary disciple, somebody who sits at the feet of Jesus, how they, they learn through Jesus. And the richness of the Catholic faith really is we learn about Jesus in so many ways. We have Scripture, we have tradition, we have the teaching office of the Church, and we have, we have another group that shouldn't be lost on anybody, and that's our saints, right? As I said in my opening prayer, we have St. Joseph. I just finished the consecration to St. Joseph um, a few months ago, and just all of the writings on St. Joseph and insights into what it must have been like to have been that, that father of Jesus and what that meant, and his influence on Jesus as well as Jesus' influence on him. So 
being close to Mary, St. Joseph, the saints, all of those are really key to good discipleship, I think. What, what was their disposition in all of that? And then the missionary part of missionary discipleship means that we want to take that out and we want to share it. So how does the world know that we know and love Jesus? For some of us, it's going to be that we can proclaim him in conversations and encounters, simple things like, God bless you, Jesus loves you, um, when, when we're at the store, when we're in other places. So the evangelization part of this is very deeply rooted in worship, it's deeply rooted in in family faith formation, so parents are engaged in in faith formation opportunities. It's engaged in healing ministries, so for people divorced, grieving, addictions. We we are taking this into every area and figuring out how do we do this in family life, parish life, and in in a broader range of offering things that are needed for the whole. I'm really excited about what you're doing. I mean, it seems like our whole church is really in this whole paradigm shift of from people expecting people to maybe come to us, we need to kind of go to them. And I think, as you're saying, you know, building up family life and allowing people to learn how to be a missionary disciple to first have that encounter with with Jesus himself, and then using the toolbox of the church to equip ourselves to then bring that to others. I'm, I'm curious what you're, we've got a couple of minutes left, like two minutes left. Um, what do you want people or what are you hoping people take away from this pastoral plan? I think for us, it truly comes down to the great commandment to love the Lord, your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, sometimes that, that love of Christ can be known intellectually but is it really lived through the heart? Can we really love our neighbor if we don't believe we're loved as a child of God? We're God's beloved sons and daughters, right? So I need to know that I am loved. Sometimes that gets lost in the great commandment. And then finally, how do I love my neighbor? So it's not just about me and Jesus, but if we're really loving Jesus, we're loving the church, his bride, right, where we get birth and baptism and we get our missionary mandate. So for us, I think the takeaway is loving Christ, loving ourselves, loving neighbor, and sharing that for the life of the world, salvation of souls. And before we leave, Father, could I impose um, a request for you to give us a blessing and our listening audience a blessing before we go? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, in the gift of Jesus Christ, we find true life, true love, and a way of coming to know ourselves and you by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask the Spirit to come upon each and every one who might be listening today to bless them and keep them and to help them have the confidence to share your saving message, your love in the life of the world. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Our guests today have been Father Ted Dzinski, Vicar General of the Diocese of Lafayette and Andy in Indiana, and Gabby Lavik, Director of Communications. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having us. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is underwritten by the Knights of Columbus Council 6923 and Fishers, 
and is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. If you have comments or suggestions for guests or topics for this program, please email Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call 317-870-8400. This program is pre-recorded.